If you try to just ram down her throat all the answers in terms of how you want her to behave, how you want her to perceive you, your relationship together, well, whose answer is that? Am I not more important to you than you hanging out with your ex-girlfriends and what, you don't love me? You don't love me enough? You know, so you can feel that guilt trip. It's very dark. It's very toxic. It's very hurtful. It's very damaging. Please realize that she's not trying to hurt you if she does that. She's not trying to damage you if she's playing that line of thinking. She's trying to protect herself because I've been hurt so many times in the past. It's just, it's, I don't want to get hurt again. And you say... Why is it that you cannot let go of the past? So this comment was posted on BDP95, how to avoid being the Mr. Nitty Nice Guy. It was sent in by one Jean Huervas3164, and he says, thanks for this potter. I love how you explained the last bit about the monogamy and interaction with the opposite gender. Having a hard time with my girl, who's so attached to me she fears I'll cheat and leave, since her past relationships before me all ended up because of cheating. She even put a fence on the girls I've dated before. They became good friends of mine, but now I've lost connection in order to preserve our relationship. I always reassure her, and yet I feel I lost my purpose. My interactions became limited since she always monitors my every move. I'm the one who wrote before about my girlfriend who's bipolar. Thanks, Adam. So I responded to John saying, where do you see this relationship going in 12 months from now? Based on how you're both showing up, do you expect to grow closer or drift further apart if nothing changes? He responded by saying, I have my priorities first and foremost. She's still in college, by the way. I can't give her the assurance she wants if she will always doubt me. She even stalked an office mate of mine, in brackets, cringed enough, in brackets, because of our pictures she saw. Beforehand, we talked about our priorities and only here to support each other as much because we know that the future is uncertain. I'm ahead of her in terms of career, and she's planning to go abroad while I'm not. So thank you very much, John, for sending in this context. I appreciate the details. But the thing that stood out to me most in this message was the enabling of pain. Why does she have a past history of being cheated on? What is it within her psychological makeup, the way that she shows up in relationships, her social dynamic performance, if you will, in which that she either selects for guys that will cheat on her or maybe or is not the right word there. Maybe or is not the right word there. Maybe it's an and. What is it within her psychological makeup that selects for guys that will cheat on her? Part two, what is it within her that is unable to voice, communicate, harmonize within her, her fears of cheating so that she would select for guys that do that to her? Patterns, patterns, my friend, patterns. It's hard to acknowledge for people to realize that if it just so happens that you keep finding yourself in relationships with abusive people, whether it's abusive psychologically, physically, sexually, but abuse no less, then at some point you actually have to stop and look at why. Why does this keep showing up in my life? What is it that I am selecting for? And most of the time that is not happening on a conscious level. That's happening on a subconscious level. This podcast is brought to you by BoldDojo.com where you can book one-on-one coaching with myself in order to create action plans, overcome limiting beliefs, destroy negative self-perceptions and egoic attachments. Have a listening ear to the trials of your life helping you to move forward. You can also sign up for the free weekly email newsletter, The Bold Sip. It's just a quick sip of social dynamics and anything I'm exploring on Fridays. Just go to boldrojo.com, sign that up. You can also hit up the free resources of wisdom where I drop my favorite books, movies, quotes, anime, documentary, music, all of that, all at boldrojo.com. And if you would like to help support this podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. Link is down below in the description. Or you can also donate directly through the website, also linked down in the description. Anything that you guys do donate is always extremely 
greatly appreciated and just goes back to helping support the show and what I do here. So thank you very much. And if you do get anything from this piece of content, please let me know in a comment down below. I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible. And also please drop a thumbs up on the video. It just helps the YouTube algorithm, helps send out the video to more people in the community. And if you find that you resonated, share it with a friend who you think would resonate as well. Let's get into today's show. Now, John, bringing the conversation to you. I don't know whether you've cheated on her or not. It sounds like you haven't. I feel like I know that we've done a podcast on your particular uh, story before, and I know this girl has pretty intense bipolar. So I'm hoping between you and I here, we can have an honest conversation. And I think it's there's an honesty between you and I in which that if I'm incorrect, please correct me in the comments down below. That, But I'm going to assume that you have not cheated on her. Otherwise, I feel like you would have stated that. And it feels like you're trying to do the best that you can for her. And you're trying to be that light. You're trying to be that fresh start, that fresh leaf for her. However, the most painful thing about that, and I know it's coming from a good place and a good heart within you, in which that you want, you want to provide her the best. You want to appease her. You want to ease her. But in doing so, you're only hurting her. What do I mean by this? You said that you had to forsake your feminine connections with your ex-girlfriends because it was just driving her insane, right? In order to preserve, I added that little last bit there, but I'm assuming that's what the end point, which is that in order to preserve your relationship, she just couldn't function if you're in contact with other females. There is a cacophony of issues that appears with that. Number one, first and foremost, actually has very little to do with you, John. We'll get to the issues of what that corrupts within your masculine energy, but the first and foremost, at the first and foremost concern, is the fact that this only enables her pain. We need to dive into her pain, but staying on this for a second. If you've got a woman who is deeply entrenched in the past, attached to the past, and all of the self-inadequacy, all of the fear, all of the limits that come along with that from having been cheated on repeatedly, for her to say to you that I'm not comfortable with you seeing ex-girlfriends and or feminine people, feminine beings in general, and for you to acquiesce to that, for you to go ahead and say, that's okay, that only hurts her. That only signals her that her current form of attachment, her coming for a limit, her beliefs about herself and what relationships are, which quite frankly right now are broken. They are broken. If you as a feminine being have to say to your masculine being that you cannot see another woman, whether it be platonic, ex-girlfriend, because of my fears, because of my limiting beliefs, because of what I'm attached to in the past, that is not a healthy relationship. That is not a healthy bond between you two. And for you as a man, John, to enable that and say that that's okay. Yes, in the short term, that saves a little bit of pain, that appeases her now, puts her at ease now. But in the long term, that only keeps her in this cycle of pain. That only keeps her on peddling this eternal hamster wheel of hell in which that she will never leave. She will never be able to evolve beyond her current state of consciousness if you say to her, this is okay. And I know you are not coming from a standpoint of wanting to enable that pain of hell, that wheel of hell. So what should we do here? What would be a better way of going about this? That yes, in the short term, will cause pain. But our role as masculine beings is not to be a forever peace in a woman's life. We are not a forever stake in her garden. We are only here now to provide the lessons that we can, to teach her what we can now. And that is, in effect, what relationships are in general, a process of learning, a process of growing together. 
it's not specific from male to female. It's also in the reverse, female to male, in which that she's going to provide you the lessons that you need to learn. So what I can see here going on, a just flipping the perspective, is that what is it that you need to learn here, John? That you're being far too nice. Far too nice, Mr. Nice Guys. Right heart, wrong mind. Can lead to the same pain as having the wrong mind, right heart. I should say that the other way around. The wrong heart, right mind. What we're saying there is that in your attempt to be nice, in your attempt to save pain in the short term, you are actually going to cause more in the long term. You're just going to be, for lack of nicer terms, you're just going to be another notch on that belt, on her belt of pain. While you are, while you haven't, I know that's very hard to understand, so let me just unpack that a little bit more to clarify what I'm saying there, which is that whether you actively cheat on her or not, like that's painful. To actively go ahead and cheat on her, that's going to actively cause a direct path of pain. But the path of pain that you're inflicting on her, John, is indirect. By not having the conversation with her upfront, open, direct, honest, using our principles of direct, congruent, authentic, with empathy, in order to communicate to her that we can no longer persist this way because I don't want you to stay in pain. I see the pain within you. And first off, before we even get to that, I want to acknowledge you. I want to acknowledge you for the best of you. You know, you, you show her and you tell her the things that light you up. You know, the best of her. Get her on side emotionally first, you know, before you begin this conversation down on the couch, which is, I love the way that you are like this, X, Y, Z. I love the way that we interact with each other. Let her absorb that. Let her digest that. Okay, now let's move into the content if you feel that, well, what I'm currently going through right now is the principles of a direct open conversation. If you feel that she's the type to cut you off or to go into emotional outbursts, you will need to interject a T's and C's I refer to as the terms and conditions, the rules of the conversation after acknowledging her. We're kind of going back to forward here. So part one, acknowledge her. Part two, set the T's and C's. T's and C's being that I need you to hear me fully first and I want to hear you fully afterwards. Let's not interrupt each other so we don't make assumptions or get the wrong idea about what's about to be said. Can we agree on that? Bang, lock it in. Lock it in at the beginning of the conversation, not midway through or three quarters of the way through where they feel like it's just going to be a power grab if you try to say, hey, don't interrupt me. Not just set from the beginning. Let me get everything out. Then I want to hear everything you have to say. All right, bang. So you got principle one, acknowledgement. Principle two, setting the T's and C's for a nice, clean conversation. Great. Part three now, your intent. Okay, this is what I'm feeling. I've made mistakes, actually. I've made mistakes in allowing your fears of the past to reiterate in the moment now, to persist, and to for that weed to keep growing. That's been my bad. You know, back when we found out, and it was obvious to me that you were deeply entrenched in the pain of the past because of the cheating that had happened, and that I didn't address it then and there, and I just said, yeah, it's okay, in order to preserve our relationship, I'll stop seeing my ex-girlfriends. I'll stop seeing feminine beings in general. That was the wrong thing for me to do. And I want to apologize here first and foremost. Because all I can see, and it's very obvious now, looking back now, I couldn't see it at the time, but looking back now, that's only going to keep you in this cycle of pain. And eventually that's going to lead to my own resentment of not only you, but of us. So I'm sorry. This is what I would like to do moving forward. I'd like to set clear and healthy boundaries in our relationship, expectations that are balanced, that are not entrenched in the past, but endear trust, encourage comfort, encourage a bringing of closer together, not on ice, not skating on ice, 
but a foundation of our relationship built on solid earth. You may very well need, and I'm pausing the conversation here, speaking to you directly now, John, you may very well need to have a complete ground zero resetting back to ground zero of your relationship. Because the way that it is now, you effectively need a clean house. You effectively need to clean the forest here because there are too many weeds. What I can see in the visualization of your relationship here is that the weeds that currently are will one day completely suck the nutrients from whatever garden you had hoped to have erected, to have seen flourished. So there does need to be a reckoning. There does need to be a full eradication of the weed. And I can't see that being done with a band-aid type solution, such as, okay, let's try this, or okay, let's maybe go away on a holiday together, or what if, you know, I'm just X, Y, Z, list all the shallow, superficial, external-based fixes that one might think of. You know, people like to band-aid over with, like I said, the holidays, with cars, with uh, even even you, you know, when people say, oh, let's just take a little bit of space, let's take a little time off from each other. That's very much a band-aid. It's very much a band-aid. It's, it can be applicable in certain situations. You know, it's not that I, I, and I'll give that remedy in certain situations, but definitely not in this situation. In this situation where there's a very pervasive, entrenched weed of a mentality, of a dynamic between you two, it really needs to be a full eradication. And so returning back to this conversation now, just recapping, we've acknowledged her, we set the T's and C's, we've gone into our intent. Our intent, first and foremost, is actually to apologize for the mistakes that we've made. And then now what we see moving forward, we're recontinuing through what we see moving forward here. I would like us to get back to being the best that we can be together, which means that we need to eradicate the way that we've been behaving and we need to set new boundaries, new expectations, new dreams, new ideas of how we will continue to grow as a couple together. So while I will not force this upon you, it will have to be something that comes organically from you but there will have to be an equal trust on both parts. An equal level of comfort in which that, I say to you now, I trust you to go and hang out with your ex-boyfriends. I trust you to go hang out with male colleagues, male friends at the gym, best friends maybe, you know, whoever you know from high school, from uh, your local Pilates class, right? If you get invited to an event where there's going to be a lot of dudes around, I will not assume negative intent i will not assume that there has to be something to be protected against here i would not go in thinking that you will betray because that is not how a relationship should be set up a relationship should be set up on the foundations of trust and comfort that is my expectation that is what i will offer for you that is what i see as being the healthiest form of how i could show you that I do trust you, that I am comfortable with you. And that in the event that you were to make a mistake, in the event that let's say that you got a few too many drinks in you and you hooked up with a guy at the bar and maybe you went home with him and things got a little out of control and maybe one of your friends had said, hey, are you sure you should be doing this? And like, oh, fuck, nothing will happen. But then something happened in the end. I would hope that by my full expression of vulnerability, of my trust within you, my confirmation in showing you that if you did make a mistake I would always want you to come back to me and feel that you could tell me without fear of existential retribution without fear of existential burning 
in which that I would crucify you as a human being, that I would destroy you, if not psychologically and spiritually, but physically as well, often the case for many males when they found they've been cheated on. I want you to know that in our relationship, if you make a mistake, all I want to know is that the fact that you made the mistake. That doesn't mean that it'll buy you a ticket back into this relationship. No, we'll have to, and I'll need time to process that and realize the full depth of the betrayal that happened there and the breaking of the bond there. However, I want you to know that I want to know and that you should always feel comfortable with telling me that. These are two key pillars between you and I that need to be set up. Number one, the level of comfort and trust that I'm willing to extend you. Number two, if a mistake was made, how we would rectify that and deal with, or if not rectify that, but at least deal with that, at least observe that, at least excavate that and expound that out to what its fullest extent was. Now I wish to hear everything you have to say about that. Pause. Let's pause, the, pause this conversation now. Now I'm stepping out into a podcast between you and I, John. By you going first and setting the new expectation, the new boundary, did you notice what I left out? I did not say to her, and this is how I expect you to behave. And this is how I want you to talk to me and how I want you to see my relationships with other females, friends, ex-girlfriends, colleagues, etc. Why do you think that was? Why do you think we didn't give her the answer? Because an answer given is an answer not internalized. If you try to just ram down her throat all the answers in terms of how you want her to behave, how you want her to perceive you, your relationship together, well, whose answer is that? Is that your answer or her answer? This is not a male-specific problem when it comes to social dynamics. It's a human-specific problem, human-general problem. However, males are particularly poor at observing and absorbing this lesson which is don't give them the answer allow them to find the answer for themselves for you would never have any confidence even if you did give them the answer and even if you did say to okay this is okay i need you to be okay i need you to be okay with me seeing my ex-girlfriend and seeing other females and then what she goes and what you were expecting there was oh okay yep nod nod nods just nods and yes okay a complete compliance You'd never have any resting confidence. You'd never be able to sleep well in that, knowing that she has internalized that for herself. So that's why in our intent, we did not give her the answer for her. We only gave her the answer we have found for ourselves, which is that, yes, we are fully comfortable with her, fully trusting in her to go hang out with other masculine beings from whatever sphere, arena that may be. And that in the event that a mistake was made, we want her to feel that she could come back and tell us, not that that rectifies the situation inherently, but it allows us to observe it fully, and then we can make a decision from there. But none of that included, and this is what I need you to do, and this is how I need you to be. No, 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 no. We need her to illuminate that for herself and to express that fully with confidence and courage, with truth to you so that you could rest in confidence sleeping deep on that so now we can return back to the conversation now that i'm no longer talking to you so once we've said her everything that we've said there again just a little recap here so everyone's really tacked in we've acknowledged her we've set the t's and c's of the conversation we've gone through our intent apologize where apologies need to be made and then and that's very unique to this situation for those listening to the podcast if you don't have apologies to be made obviously apologies don't need to be made but if apologies do need to be made it should always come first 
anytime you have made a mistake, front up, own it, bang on, just be as clear cut as you possibly can, right? You, you would never want to get these two things interchanged and mixed back to front. It would really be a uh, horse before the cart in which that you would not go into your intent and then apologize. Like, that just would not make sense at all. We always apologize first for any mistakes made, which is what we did for the fact that we have been enabling pain. We've been uh, through our acquiescence to her unreasonable requests that we had allowed her to stay attached to her past. So we would apologize for that first. Yes, okay, recap that. And then part four here will part the second major part of your intent, which is to explain the answer you have found for yourself, how you will treat her, how you will treat her, how you will see her interaction with masculine beings right? as a leader, as an emotional leader, leading first, describing your behavior, fantastic. Then we shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up. And you say to her, now I want to hear everything you have to say. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Allow her to exhaust herself fully. You must be a keen-eyed tiger in reference to listening here. Your optimal skill being accessed here is listening. The most primary thing you need to do is not just listen to the words, but to listen to her behavior, to see her eye contact, to listen to the pitch, the tonality, the spacing, the silence in her vocals, the nature of her vocals. To observe her body language, the ease, the looseness, the tightness within her body. Observe everything. Absorb everything. And even when she thinks she's done, ask again, is there anything else? Are you sure? That's all. If you need to ask for further context on things, I I didn't quite fully understand that bit. Could you please explain that a little bit more? Questions, 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 questions are your tools. Questions are your tools. Maintaining strong eye contact. Let me say that again. Maintaining strong eye contact and staying deep in the pocket with her, breathing deep with it. Yeah. Tears may appear, particularly for a girl like this who's bipolar, tears may appear. Be that vessel. Be that vessel of total acceptance we discussed in probably two episodes ago. Pause. Resuming the conversation now between you and I, John. If I had to give you my expectation of what I feel like she would respond with, it would most likely be a regression to the past pain because it seems that her self-identity has formed upon her ideas of the past, her experiences of the past, which now only exist as memories, but now inform her identity. So most likely, and I think you're probably nodding along with this, she'll probably go back to and really relive the past. She'll relive her fears of the past. She'll explain why she had to be that way. She will explain why, for her, it's just not possible for her to trust you in that way. It's just, it's too hard because she's been cheated on so much. She's been hurt so much before. And she will just constantly tie everything back to the past. That would be my likely uh, expectation based on how you've described her behavior. And it would be very uh, likely as well that you would like to interject. You will feel the desire to interject and go, this is so unfair. That's so unfair. But I'm not those guys. I'm not your ex-boyfriends. So why are you expecting and why are you applying the same protection mechanisms to them, to me? I'm sure all these questions and all these thoughts will go through your mind and all these flare-ups egoically will flare within you. Steady yourself. Steady yourself. 
Breathe deeply. Observe your own egoic reaction to her egoic reaction. See beyond it then to realize that she's stepped into unconsciousness here. She's being dragged back down to the darkness within her that has not been resolved. This is all to be expected. However, we cannot interject. We cannot interrupt that process until it has fully exhausted itself. For she will not recognize and she will not feel trusting within you to even accept some form of help if she doesn't feel like she's been heard fully first. No matter how incorrect, no matter how broken and deeply painful her assumptions, her ways of seeing things may be and how affronting they may be to the goodness, the purity with which that you would give to her. Upon her fully exhausting herself, then you may start the process of healing because that is first and foremost what needs to happen here in terms of your relationship is a process of healing. If it was not obvious from her that she came out with, okay, and here's my own answer, I'm going to try to be more open. I'm going to try to not freak out if you go hang out with your ex or go see a girlfriend from work, girl slash friend from work, I should say, a female friend from a different sphere, different arena. I'll do my best to not freak out about that, but I can't promise anything. Like That would be the best case scenario if she could even get to that. But very likely she may not even. She may even just say, it's just too hard for me. I just can't do this. Right? I, we can't be in a relationship. So here comes an interesting standpoint of abundance and scarcity. Interestingly, in which that in order for you to step into your greatest power, John, you need to be willing to let her go in this conversation. As you should be in any conversation of these, this nature, of this nature in which that you're talking about life journey here. You're talking about the fundamental alignment of who you are and who she is and how you two operate and interrelate together. If you don't have the power to walk away, you have no power. And this goes both ways. This is not a masculine thing or a feminine thing. This is a human thing. If you, have no, if you don't have the power to walk away, you have no power. So you have to have already achieved that, that harmony within yourself prior to this conversation so that when now, when you were to move forward in the conversation, hearing what she had to say, in the best case scenario, that she would at least attempt to be more open-minded that would be best case scenario. Worst case scenario is that she just says, puts the ultimatum to you, which is that, well, I just don't feel like I can do that. I just don't feel like I can be okay with you seeing other girls. I'm just gonna, are you, we're gonna break up then. Is that what you're saying? You're willing to let me go? You're, and she might put it, try, there might be a little guilt trip there. I don't know her, but a lot of women may, a lot of women who are attached to this level of pain will unconsciously, not consciously trying to hurt you through a guilt trip, but unconsciously go through a guilt trip type psychology in which that so what are you saying you're just willing to throw away the relationship because you're not because am i not more important to you than you hanging out with your ex-girlfriends and you going and having drinks with girls from work surely i'm more important to you and what you don't love me you don't love me enough to be able to help me out with that you know so you can feel that guilt trip it's very dark it's very toxic because it has nothing to do with that and it's very hurtful it's very damaging but please realize that she's not trying to hurt you if she does that. She's not trying to damage you if she's playing that line of thinking. She's trying to protect herself. She's trying to protect herself from having to essentially reckon with the pain. With having to open up that scar tissue to have to remove that sewing. 
and to have to scrape out all of the festering skin, the festering flesh, that deeply encrusted blood, that dark as night blood, and the mangled flesh that has not been revealed, that has not been healed from her past trauma. That process, psychologically, spiritually, requires a true evolution of humanity. And that will not come through an ease. That will come through pain only. No human has ever evolved in their comfort zone. As Eckhart Tolle said recently, human beings achieve enlightenment through suffering. Through our pain, through our suffering, we will evolve. So how can we help her through this? How can we guide her through this? How can we facilitate the healing process? I want to make this as easy as possible for you, John. For it is not your role and it is not your position to be her therapist, to be me for her. I was about to dive into the whole host of questions that I would ask her if she was in a one-on-one coaching session with me. But I'm realizing that that is neither something that you may be equipped for. It may not be something that you're either equipped for, nor should be necessarily your responsibility. This is really something she should be working with a professional with because of the extent of her trauma and her entrenchment of that trauma. But if I was her boyfriend, if I was you, John, this is how I would begin in this conversation in which that I would ask why. When if, for example, if we took the worst case scenario in which that she goes, she has an emotional outburst of, oh, you don't love me enough to be able to make this one concession. And I say, why is it that you need to make me, why you need me to make this concession? Why is it that you don't feel comfortable with me and don't trust me to be able to go and hang out with other feminine partners? This will open up the cacophony. Likely explanation coming back from there is that because I've just been hurt so many times in the past, it just seems so likely it's going to happen again. What is it about the past and why is it that you can't let go of the past? Bang. You sit deep into that. Notice the vocal tonality with which I just said that. It was not judgmental. It was not me attempting to start a fire. It was not toxic. It was not a spearhead. It was not, why is it that you can't let go of the past? No. It was... When she says, because of the past that I can't trust you, well, she didn't say in so many words, but that's effectively what she's saying. When she says, well, I, listen, it's just because I've been hurt so many times in the past, it's just it's, I don't want to get hurt again. And you say, why is it that you cannot let go of the past? Notice that vocal tonality. It's endearing, it's encouraging. It's asking her to understand herself. That is the tonality we're always using here. And, that, and then upon that doorway... If she's inviting and if you've been maintaining this conversation really well, you'd be doing settling your energy within it, giving her that silence, letting her process that. You know, give her a minute of silence if she needs it. Do not interrupt. When you ask that question, why is it that you cannot let go of the past? You sit it silent. You sit it silent. She may attempt an egoic diversion, right? A falsehood. She may try and enter a falsehood. She may say something similar to the effect of, 
It's not that I can't let go of the past. It's just that if not that, if I can't let go of the past, another rationalization that often comes up as a result of this is that because the past was the past. The past is how I got hurt. And if I don't learn from the past, then I'm going to get hurt again. Okay. If depending on the two situations there, again, another question. Tools are your, your questions are your tools. Do you see me hurting you now? That is one variation. Another variation would be, will you always envision being hurt? Is that all life is for you, is pain and being hurt? All of these questions, these opening questions, these very general but opening questions, notice how we're not trying to specify on one particular event or, or people. We are really just opening with general open questions here that allow her to unpack all of her entrenched limiting beliefs, all of her entrenched pain, the hurt locker, if you will. We're just providing many different entry points to the hurt locker. Not, we're not trying to get a specific answer out of her. You seeing this, John? We're just trying to allow her to unlock her. Through all of these opening questions, particularly as they're very broad and very general, you start to get an idea and she will start to get an idea of how inflamed her ego is in this moment, how willing she is to get down to the truth. I'm going to keep this instruction at this level because I know that this is applicable to basically everyone. Anyone who's listening to this and you say the same as you, John, anyone who has almost no skill in the form of a healing process when it comes to helping someone to go through the healing process to remove the stitches, the sewing within the festering wound of their spiritual hearts. If you are the most unexperienced person possible, you are currently at the level right now in which that I feel like you can handle it. In which that you just ask very general questions, always with why, always with trying to get to the understanding of the pain that she's expressing there. Without ever forming a sense of judgment or spearheaded like nature with it. Just to encourage the dialogue of her understanding who she is, to start creating a relationship with who she is. Because effectively what you're doing here, John, is that you're providing her a mirror. A clean mirror. A pure mirror. For her and all of her darkness to be reflected back to her. See, most people, most people, particularly relationships, the mirror is cracked, the mirror is sullied, in which that they are projecting something else onto them. As a male partner, you would... And if you are egoically inflamed yourself, you will attempt to project your own pain towards her. Oh, you don't trust me or you don't love me enough. I'm not good enough for you so you couldn't fully give yourself to me in that way, et cetera, et cetera. How do you, do you think that helps at all for someone to understand their own pain? Absolutely not. So we are at an interesting point of this conversation in which that, John, a lot of what I'm discussing here requires you to be at the best of your best. It requires you to have settled yourself, to have come to a deep peace within yourself in order to be able to help your feminine being through her pain. Not to take her pain away from her because it's something you never could do. She needs to find the answer for herself. And in finding the answer for herself, whether it's in this relationship and in this lifetime with you, okay. If it's not, then you have at least begun the process. And this is where we come to the metaphoricals. This is where we come to this understanding in which that 
if we are on a eternal thread in life in which that we're here to learn lessons, we're here to serve lessons, and that if there ever comes a moment in time in a relationship in which that this person no longer provide the lessons with which I need to learn, or I am no longer able to serve the lessons that they can see, then that's okay. And I will remove myself from the attachments, the egoic attachments, and realize that I have an eternity to learn here. To see yourself in a relationship on an eternal path, an eternal thread, in which that there really is only ever one relationship. We are all only ever really on one relationship, and there's really only one of us here. To see yourself in all things, to see your oneness in all things, an alleviation of your discomfort and your fight, in your tooth and nail fight to have to win egoically, to have to have your cup filled egoically, to have to see things, to have to see things as permanent. The state of permanency that causes so much stress for human beings. If only you were to realize the ever-changing yet eternal nature of all things. The life in all of us, the life in my bonsai tree, Tsukichan down here, the life in the trees outside and the grass and the giraffes and the chimpanzees in us as human beings. It's all eternal. This energy, it flows between all of us eternally. So when you're dealing in these one-to-one relationships now, taking that macro philosophy into your micro relationships now, it's like approach with an ease, approach with a liquidity, this flow in which that you, rather than butting heads with someone's egoic pain, flow around it. Be like water in that nature. Be like water when someone provides resistance and help them to understand their resistance. If they ever say the word, I don't know, that's okay. Or the phrase, I don't know, that's okay. What is it that you do not know? Why is it that you do not trust? Why is it that you hold on to this pain? Why is it that you won't choose your love, truth, beauty, realization, ecstasy? By offering these questions, John, Not only do you allow them a pathway to comfort and trust, but you allow them a pathway back to themselves. For your girlfriend right now, it's very clear, has disconnected from herself. She is experiencing a deep level of self-disconnection. If she has to put up a fence between you and other females in your life, it's unreasonable. It's unreasonable, it's irrational. But why is it unreasonable and rational? It's because it's coming from a pain point. It's coming from her trying to save from pain, protected from pain, from the pain of the past. But the pain of the past is but a memory. It's but a deeply lodged memory in the psyche of her spirit. And if you can help her to unlock that, to alchemize that and set it free, helping her to replace that with light, if you can even begin step one of that process, as a man, there's your work done. You don't have to see her through the end of her journey. Sometimes as a man, your role in a woman's life is to be the second step, the third stone, the tenth bridge for her to see herself and find her way back to herself. As hard as that is to accept, especially with someone that you had fallen in love with, 
is no less true. That you will not always be the final pillar, the final stone, the final release into her light. But if you could have helped along the way, then surely that is a meaningful life. And surely you have served your purpose in a very meaningful way as a masculine being in this feminine's life. The best you could do here, John, for her is to just show her what the best a masculine being could be. To show her that vessel of total acceptance. To show her that your love is undying, is internal. That you can be direct with her, you can be congruent, you can be authentic. You can show her the empathy of all kinds. So that even if you two could not persist as a relationship and this we will tie this up. Let's say that she just can't get to that point of giving you a true answer from within herself that, okay, I'm going to begin trusting. I'm going to allow myself to trust you to be of other feminine beings and to heal this pain within me in regards to my pain and my trauma from the past. If you can't get that answer from her and she stays adamant, she stays steadfast in her having to relive this self-disconnection, this reliving of pain, this turtle shell of protection, then that's okay. You needn't persist that relationship with her. You may still provide as a energy in her life in a different facet, in a different style. But John, what I'm saying here is that if you do not clarify this and rectify this, you will eventually develop resentment. If it's not in three months' time, 12 months' time, you will eventually develop deep resentment for her. You'll blame her for having restricted you. And let's say the relationship ends in in 12 months or so, and you look back and you'll go, all that time wasted. All that time wasted not connecting to me. John, we've talked about her self-disconnection. If you are not willing to have this conversation with her, and just as importantly, if you are not willing to walk away from the relationship, if you don't get a compromise from her, if you don't get a willingness to join you in this growth, this resetting, as I said, this eradication of the weeds within your relationship, if you don't get some form of idea that she's going to work towards that, and if you don't see a commitment, a deep commitment to working towards that ideal, then you have to be willing to walk away from her, not only for her benefit, because you're enabling if you were to do the opposite of what I, of committing to that growth, you would only be enabling her pain. And as a masculine being, surely you cannot be satisfied with that. Hopefully that cannot be approved of. I certainly would not approve of that if you were my son. And so that cannot be. So what could be? What could be is that you would let her go, allowing her to walk her own journey, for her to go process her own pain. She needs to go work with someone. She needs to go work with a therapist to help her to uncover her pain and to release it, alchemize it. And then maybe in five, ten years' time or whatever it may be, maybe you two would rejoin her as a new being entirely. You as a new being entirely. But this is where we come back to your self-connection. You will only continue to disconnect yourself. And currently I see what you're doing right now is that if you were willing to reach out to me, a strange man down in Australia, you're experiencing pain. You are experiencing a disconnect even if on a, I wouldn't even say such a small level. I'd say that if you've not been willing to do this, what I'm saying right now, there has been a part of you that's disconnected. And the longer you allow this to ferment and to fester in your relationship, you will only continue to increase the gap, the destructive gap of your self-disconnection. The destructive gap of your self-disconnection will only gape wider, will only pull apart further. So you know what you need to do. 
You need to have this conversation with her. You need to do it in the best way you can. You need to spend days in advance preparing yourself spiritually to sit in deep meditation, to journal your way through your emotions, to illuminate the processed stimulus that would inflame you, such as processed food, seed oils, refined sugar, etc. Alcohol. Social media. Porn. Anything that would inflame you psychologically. Eliminate it all. Get into a nice clean space. Really connect with you. Really take that eternal deep breath, which we've been doing every single episode. So I give you one right here, just so you know what that feels like. You're going to take a deep inhale, down to your balls. Your shoulders, your shoulders and your chest should not rise at the beginning. All that should expand is your belly as you take a diaphragmic breath into your balls. And if you're my ladies listening, your eggs. You're going to take a four second inhale as deeply as you can. Then you're going to hold that for seven seconds. Then you're going to release over eight seconds. And then you're going to sit it empty for as long as you can until you feel you need to breathe again. We're going to do this in three, two, one, deep inhale. Hold. And release. Sit it empty. And breathe once again. Okay? That that eternal breath right there. That's what you need, John. That's what you need. That's what we all need. Particularly when steadying yourself for deeply balancing conversations. Conversations that will adjust the balance of your universe. You must center yourself. You must ground yourself. You must feel yourself. You must connect yourself. And in doing so, you will give the best to yourself. You will give the best to this girl. And the best that you could give to this girl is a pathway out of her pain. So that one, you would not enable it. And two, that if she was in, even willing to come back into this relationship and to work towards growth, work towards a generation of evolution between you two, that you would be there for that as well. That you would be that vessel of total acceptance. That you would see her for who she is, for who you two can be together. And to dissolve that eventually, ultimately, to rejoin the oneness of all things, the livingness within all of us. It's there for you, it's there for me, it's there for her. So choose your love, choose your beauty, choose your truth. I know you can. Only you know if you will or not. And with that said, my friends, you know, normally after addressing a cue, a cue like this, a question like this, I would normally spur off into some kind of other tangent or maybe a different story of some kind. But I really feel organically in this moment that we got what we need here. So we just wrap up the summary. Let's just get the summary here, which is that if you've got a if you've got a girlfriend, or if you've got a woman who's extremely clingy to the point, or not even just clingy, but if you've got a girlfriend who's extremely attached to the point in which that she won't allow you to see other feminine beings, 
You cannot enable that behavior because that is an unfair and an unreasonable and an irrational expectation. We are sexual creatures. The things that made her attracted to you are the things that will make you attracted to her and other people. Right? That'll make that'll make men attracted to her. That'll make women attracted to you. Right? We're all sexual creatures. So let's set up the clean boundaries. Let's set up the clean expectations between each other in which that we have trust, we have comfort, we have a pathway for retribution, reconciliation, even if mistakes are made. And that we learn to conduct our conversations in a direct, congruent, authentic manner with empathy. We try to just give the best of ourselves at all times so that they can enjoy the best experience possible as human beings. Let's do our best to increase the love, peace, and joy in people's lives and to reduce suffering. And if you did nothing else but just that, then you surely would have lived a meaningful life. For all of your attempts to fill your cup with external means, right? The money, the cars, the sexual experiences, the social stature, right? A cup you are asking for that has no bottom. But if you could throw that away and just ask for a cup that has a bottom, which would be one in filled and filled with internal validation, a connection to self. As we are approaching the festive season, Christmas, it has been highly hijacked by external measure, right? by the gifts, by the experiences that you can give. Dogs, cars, money, gifts. These things will perish. These are fungible tokens. You want the imperishable. You want to give people the imperishable, which is that love, peace, and joy. How will your life be measured by the time you die? When people rock up to your funeral, what will they say? Are you the type of person that you would want your daughter to be with? If you're a man, listen to this. If you're a woman, listen to this. Are you the type of woman you would want your son to be with? Questions for you guys to ponder here at the end of today. But in realizing that, despite all those macros, because those, those are the things that matter, and you know what else matters? Who are you? Who are you matters. Who are you and why are you living? All these things matter. And there's time. There's time for you now to work on these things at the end of this podcast. We will not dive into them together now. But if you're looking for some little homework to walk away with, there's something for you. And as you knew yourself more, as you come to know yourself more, you could navigate situations like the one we've seen today with Mr. John and his girlfriend to realize that we don't never want to enable pain. We really want to open a pathway to resolving such pain, which means sometimes letting go. And with that said, my friends, from my heart to yours, I'm sending you all that love, peace, and joy. Ja. And that brings me to my thanks for all of you. Thank you, first off, for just being here, your presence. But please let me know. Let me know in a comment down below where you are in your lives how you felt about this, any commentary. I'll do my best to get back as soon as I possibly can. And also, if you did enjoy the content, please hit the thumbs up on the YouTube video. It just helps it get sent out to more people in the community. And if you feel like this would resonate with someone else, please share it to some of your close friends. If you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching, that's all available on boldojo.com. Guided meditation. Free resources of wisdom. Free weekly on my newsletter, Bold Sip. 
chuck your email in comes out every friday that's all available all the links down below and if you would like to support the podcast directly you can donate anything that you wish through the paypal link down below or on the website baldojo.com in the podcast section anything that you guys give is always super appreciated so thank you very much wishing you all the love peace and joy in this life